You think I'm a good girl? Just wait and see. I put the fun in funeral. We're bad girls. This is what we do. I'm what psychiatrists call alpha female. Eh, you shot pretty well for a boy. I'm the girl that's going to save your life. I can and I will. I can and I will. I can and I will. I'll take a bite out of you. Beware the side. Welcome to episode one of Sirens of Horror. I am always your mistress of the night, Ella Evella, along with... Marina Macabre. And Ash Vicious. Well, welcome those. Uh, we're very proud to be presenting you our very first episode. Um, over the weekend, we released an episode zero. and gave you a little bit about us, why we're doing this, who we are. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, please go and learn more about us and my spooky gals. Um, but to move on to our very first episode, we are going to be covering Ginger Snaps. Yes, I can be slightly humorous at times. <laughs> it happens once in a full moon. Mm, see what <laughs> you did there. there. <laughs> Super proud of myself right now. I have not been rehearsing that all week. Um, so to learn a little bit about the movie for those who maybe haven't seen it or watched it, like, I believe both me and Ashley watched this when we were, like, 19. I know it came out in, like, 2000, yep. but I think we <laughs> probably had a girls' night in college and mm-hmm. watched this. So it had been a minute before we rewatched it, but, uh, Mina, why don't you tell us a little bit about the film? Because I know it's, like, in your favorite group of films. Yes. It is one of my favorites. Um, the whole trilogy, really, but definitely the third. We're going to be covering the first today. And it's a story of two sisters who are kind of uh, outcasts from their suburban town of Bailey Downs. And, you know, kind of going through growing up together. And they are very odd, out-of-place girls with a, a suicide pact from when they were eight. Um, and then some, some interesting things started happening. I was like, weird girls, it sounds like a suicide pact at eight. Ah, uh, maybe not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had a uh, kind of pact, it wasn't really a suicide pact of my sisters, more like a together forever pact. I mean, it's kind of, well. I think we've all done that. I <laughs> yeah. think ours normally come after like three or four picklebacks. <laughs> yep. Us cuddled together on a couch being like, I'll never leave you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've been there. <laughs> a few um, times. But yeah, it's a kind of a, like I said, coming of age story where we're dealing with a lot of interesting issues. Um, definitely some misogynies in there, some uh, puberty, um, oh, yeah. who you are, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out your role in life. Um, you know, an interesting twist to it because, you know, <laughs> you're not turning into a woman, you're turning into a thing we're going to discuss. <laughs> um, a thing. A thing, yeah. Um, so what's, let's see, what's the first thing we want to bring up for this? Well, probably the attack. All right, yeah. You make a good point, Ash. <laughs> That's a great place to start, Ash. Go ahead. Um, well, so the attack, um, Bridget and her sister Ginger, who is the older sister who's the one that gets attacked um, by this mysterious creature, um, they're going out to go play a prank on the popular girl, Trina. And I mean, with a name like Trina, you're just gonna yeah, be a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> oh no, so sorry to any Trinas who are listening who are very not bitchy. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably not sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, not sorry. Um, anyway, Ginger gets her period just 
right there in the forest. She starts bleeding and she says, fuck, I got the curse. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's what they call, you know, her and her sister call your, getting your period is the curse. I think we've all called it that. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is a curse, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as soon as she gets it, this creature that's out in the woods smells her blood. And she gets attacked by what, you know, the audience and her sister assume is some sort of wolf-like creature, a werewolf. Um, and... Where's the wolf? Oh, there's the wolf. (laughs) Their castle. And there's the castle. (laughs) Why are we talking like this? I don't know. I thought you wanted to. (laughs) Um, and the attack itself is, it's not necessarily like a malicious, like, I'm hungry, I'm, you're my prey, I'm attacking you to just rip you to pieces. It's almost this weird kind of mating. Well, yeah, like, you notice, like, um... If you look at look at films like American Werewolf in London or like the Howling films, they tend to be like very rippy bites. Mm-hmm. Where I remember when I was rewatching it, there was a scene where like the the head is like in her neck, and there's a and, lot of scratches. Yeah, no, like there's, his head is in her neck, and he scratches down across the chest, and it's very similar to like if you know when you're having sex, like somebody's head goes into your neck, and you do that like scratch across the body. It was like. There's also some scratches on her her inner thighs. Yeah, that they do point it, out. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's not. It's not an attack to eat. It's definitely more of a mating attack. Like he smelled. You know, he did smell her blood, and he was like, "All right, there's my mate." Mm-hmm. And so we're we're literally starting off the film with like, "You're a gothic girl. You're on your own. Oh, you're a woman." Quote unquote. Immediately, like in in the most blunt terms a man attacking and attempting to claim yeah Mm -hmm. yep so we're the film is not really pulling many punches it's it's an attack so it's definitely you know a little rapey it's not like it was her going out trying to find someone to attack her (laughs) yeah and um you know she was bleeding you know no mm -mm. (laughs) not going there (laughs) um and uh there's also another you know, male in the storyline, who he kind of is our male hero. He ends up saving the day by running over this creature with his truck. Yeah, like, the first time you see him, he pretty much, like, night in crappy, like, van. Saves the day. Yeah. From the from the two bleeding women, which yeah. is... I mean, it, it's an interesting dichotomy, because you kind of have this, like, really, really aggressive and the hero in... 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, like, going on from there, like... From there, uh, we see a lot of interesting physical changes, but also mental changes in Ginger. Mm -hmm. Um, She kind of starts, you know, growing hair out of her scratches. Um, We find out later she's kind of grown a little little tail. She gets very consumed with what's going on with her, which, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, she also gets in her hair, which is normally this, like bright orange red she gets a small little white streak in her hair yeah because the streak continues throughout the entire mm-hmm. film until the end and and, like yeah. the end of the film her is like completely white so mm-hmm. i didn't actually think about that but like the the white continues it's slowly taking over mm-hmm. yes yeah, it's, like it's, it's the white hairs you can see them in her scar like in her scars but you also she then all of a sudden has this white streak in her hair that she just kind of thinks is oh it's 
or streak, you know. I think it's really interesting that they're choosing to express this transformation visibly, you know, without showing what's under her clothes, where all those scratches and tails and things are. They're showing that with her hair, which I don't know if that would be done if it was a male character. Oh, without a doubt, it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be. Because if you think about, like, male characters in, like, werewolf films, you, you maybe get some, like, stubble. But that's about it. You don't really get the... I've noticed a lot, even in horror films, I mean, like, you know, blonde hair in a horror film is kind of like a death sentence. Oh, no. (laughs) You want to have that nice mousy brunette survive a horror film. Um, But yeah, they bring up a lot. And then uh, I believe at one point they even go to the nurse. Mm -hmm. And she brings it up because, like, Hey, got bit by a werewolf. Don't really want to tell you I got bit by a werewolf, but uh. And Bridget brings up. She's like, "Oh, what? What about hair growing in interesting places? Is that normal?" And the the nurse kind of like, she almost has like a sweetness to her, kind of like. Well, yeah, oh, she's the school nurse, so she's you know she's. Going well, you to... had a much nicer school nurse than I did. <laughs> I never really visited the school nurse. I did all the time. She was really nice. No, oh, mine was mean. <laughs> I had a cruel nurse, but uh. She kind of hey, like my friend's mom's a school nurse. She She's very nice. Okay, I went to a school. I didn't go to an like insane <laughs> asylum for uh-huh. most of it. Uh, but yeah, like she she brings up in this very casualness, and I think it's a very interesting thing of uh, how she's just like, oh yeah, you're gonna grow hair and things are gonna change and all of this, and it's done so passive. It's kind of blasé. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, you just got your period, and everything is different. Your body is completely changing. But, you know, don't fret about it. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, hell no, it's a big deal. (laughs) Right, but, I mean, they're also trying to be... Incognito. Incognito. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's interesting. They're not going to be like, hey, my sister's a werewolf. She's growing hair and a tail, and weird stuff is happening. Speaking of the weird transformation, though, there's... um, Jason. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other transformation. Um, Jason is someone that Ginger has unprotected sex with um, while she's going through this urge, you know, to this, this primal urge that's overcome her with being bitten and scratched up. And um, his transformation is vastly different from hers. Um, there were, what, Ash was, there's pimples. Yeah, he was wearing pimples all over his hair, his, or all over his face, his you know, there was hair in his pimples. Uh, he also ends up a very tra- traumatizing scene for a lot of people is he goes to the bathroom and he's literally pissing blood into the urinal. Yeah. And, then and he's, he's just freaking out like, oh my god, I'm pissing blood. Why am I pissing blood? Which is kind of a euphemism for like what women are going through when we have our period. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting because you look at uh, Ginger's transformation where, like, in the very beginning of the film, she wears, like, the big hoodies. She's uh, a little bit more conservative, doesn't really dress up. And all of a sudden, like, bam, low-cut, tight. Everybody's noticing her. Her hair kind of goes from a little bit frizzier to a little bit more controlled. But the beginning of the film, with, like, her getting bit, it's almost like, um, in terms of, like, wolves and pack mentality, she's kind of going to an alpha. Mm-hmm. She's becoming this very, very strong woman. Where in the very beginning of the film, you see Jason is kind of the alpha of his group. He's a little bit of the ringleader. Mm-hmm. And then after he gets bit, he gets these pimples. His I think there's a scene like where his voice kind of breaks a mm-hmm. little bit. He kind of starts to lose it. And it's kind of interesting that a 
originally seen like maybe beta or omega female would rise to an alpha and an alpha male would move to like a beta or omega male mm. and it's kind of that role reversal of dealing with that transformation which um, is kind of owning what happened to her and taking back yeah and it's kind of that you know when they do have sex you know she talks about of course that's when i think ginger makes her very first kill which is uh she goes and sleeps with Jason and then rips apart a puppy dog, I oh, believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. And yeah. she says it's very anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it it's that idea of, like, when you think about sex, and especially, like, when you're younger, I mean, sex is so built up. It's, it's going to change everything. And, like, yeah. it doesn't. It's sex. She even says to her sister, after having, you know, after she admits, I had sex with Jason and... Then, you know, I ripped up the puppy dog. I realized that my urges isn't a sexual urge. It's a re- urge to tear things apart. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's definitely that uh, control, I feel like. And definitely the, the fact that she mentions it's very anticlimactic is what you were saying. You know, it's so built up, all this, you know, pressure over sex. And then, you know, you come down to it and you're like, oh, it's sex. And they're kind of using that, I feel, there when they're talking about, you know, her ripping up this dog. And she finally felt like she conquered this urge and it was kind of not what she was expecting. Yeah, I mean, like, it's that idea, I think, also. um, You see it a lot in werewolf films of this idea of the the pure release. The pure, like, I'm just going to be myself. And I kind of feel like how you see, like, you know, leading up to sex, Ginger and Jason are making out, they're kissing. There's a very high sexual chemistry there. And I think it's that kind of idea of she couldn't release in sex because she couldn't tear him apart. She couldn't be herself. She couldn't be uncaged. Well, it's also interesting to know on that point that I, it, you know, it kind of seemed not very consensual. He he kind of said no and, you know, you know, slow down and he was pulling back and she, I think, you know, makes fun of him mm-hmm. and, and the next day attacks he's... him, kind of. So yeah. it's a little, a little rapey and... But yeah, he definitely has all his bite marks and everything like that. So it's definitely not consensual. Like, Ginger's definitely the aggressor in that situation. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a certain way of showing maybe why Jason then takes a lower role in his transformation. Mm. Is he's dominated. Yeah, it's a like almost a pack fight to find mm. out who the alpha is going to be. Yeah. It's like a very primal way of settling that debate. Yeah. But, you know, translated into suburbia and turning into a werewolf in suburbia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like... She, you know, like Ella said, is um, Ginger is the alpha, and that brings us to our first death. So the first death is a female. Yeah. Um, not a not a murder, yeah. but a, a very squishy death. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this female Trina, the popular girl, comes in to their house, just you know, basically irate and upset that she thinks that Ginger is taking her drug dealer boyfriend, Sam, which is the guy that killed the werewolf in the beginning. I think she was actually coming after Bridget. Bridget, yeah. Yeah, because they've been seen talking to each That's other. That's right, yeah, because Bridget is talking mm-hmm. to Sam, like, 
hey, help me, my sister's a werewolf. But also, she's also coming after her. She's coming after Ginger because of Jason. Because mm. she's also interested in Jason. So literally, these two sisters that have been nothing suddenly have both of the men's attention. And Trina is technically, starting in the film, she is the alpha female of mm-hmm. that school. Mm-hmm. So you get an alpha female versus an alpha female now. But it's interesting that they don't kill her. Ginger gets pretty... She does She does rough her up, but in the end, she ends up slipping. Yeah, because yeah, she's backing away from Ginger. Yeah. Well, Ginger she, has the knife. Yeah, she mm-hmm. slips on spilt milk and hits her head on the back of... Or the corner of... I totally no one did. cries over spilt milk. I totally did not realize it was spilt milk, yep. and that's kind of like genius. <laughs> yep, it is spilt milk. <laughs> wow, I, I pay attention to the small details in horror movies. She hits her head on that corner and yeah. just bleh. Yeah, everywhere. just dead. Yeah. yeah, and so much corn syrup everywhere. Yep, <laughs> and then of course, uh, and then it's really funny when her parents come because they hear their parents come in, and they're like, "Oh shit, how do we hide this?" Well, wait, they're used to us doing weird shit with blood, so hide the body. Oh, it's a photo shoot for school. Right, like they, like, you know, bury the body in their little private shed that they Uh, hang out in. I think they they put her in the freezer. Yeah, they put her her in the freezer. Mm Because eventually fingers, but I also just thought of this. Hmm. Ginger is the one that hides in the blood. And at one point, she licks it off her finger. She Mm -hmm. does. And And she she smiles. Yes, and I think she, she then... After she does that, because she looks at her dad. Want some. Yeah, she goes, she licks her fingers and says, want some? But I think that's that's the, the start of the real break in She's Ginger. Kind of yeah. mentally taunting her sister. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it? Like, no mm-hmm. one's going to, and that also comes to, I think, one of your favorite lines, Mina. You were uh, talking about that whole thing, is they go into this really interesting thing where they bring up... Um, Girls don't do this, and you're either the the virgin or the slut or the, the mother girl next door. Uh, um, but it, it, it's kind of it's lines you would expect to hear from a male. Yeah, it's it's don't worry, B, which is what she refers to her sister Bridget as. Don't worry, B. Um, you know, people never expect girls to do shit like this. You know, girls can only be categorized these certain ways, so no one's going to think it's us. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's a kind of interesting idea of she's turning. That idea of helplessness, and I'm a woman, and I'm this and that, and kind of, at this point, I feel like this is really the point where you see Ginger starting to turn into a full-fledged sociopath. Mm -hmm. Like, at this point, she's just offered up her father blood. She's literally dismissing her sister's fear of, there's a dead body in our fridge, freezer. Which is a valid fear. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not screaming. And she immediately... (laughs) Shoved a dead body in a freezer. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is starting to see the point where, like, Ginger is really not mentally human anymore. It's that predatory sociopathicness. I feel like this is the moment where we go from, like, eh, 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 into that sociopath. Just kind of edging our way slowly mm-hmm. into. And this is kind of where the needle tips yeah is in this scene yeah and you know that kind of brings me to her mom oh yeah her oh, like who her mom is a raging badass <laughs> yeah um you know well their mom i should say not oh her that's mom. yes yeah. <laughs> their, their mom sisters um 
their mom does, um, you know, she ends up finding fingers in in the backyard when she's gardening. And she dismisses them to the she, dad, but she totally knows. Yeah, yeah. She's like, you know, like, she's like, oh, it's just probably, it's from one of their projects, honey, it's fine, whatever. And she puts it in a little Tupperware f- container and puts it back in the, and puts it in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, later on you find out that she is now kind of questioning it. She's like, okay, these don't look like any of my, this doesn't look like fake, fake fingers. These look real. So then she goes into their actual freezer, and I think, is that what she, like, she finds... No, no, no she, 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 like, digs in she the digs, middle yeah. of the night. But she it, digs it's not, like... Yeah, that's on Halloween she finds them. Yeah, yeah. but it, if also, if you think about it, it's, they don't do it in a very casual way that they could have done. They could have done where, like, the mom casually finds the body, and the mom then makes a, a point to, like, oh, this is, oh, God, this has happened, now I have to protect my children. The mother, if you look at it, methodically finds the finger, waits till it's nighttime, then digs up the body. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about it, at this point, the mother's known there's a dead body in her backyard for probably about eight hours. Yeah. And never shows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just, you know, she still has that very, like, perfect housewife mentality, and she goes into the shed that, you know, basically the girl's, like, little hideout, and digs up the body. And then she's like, yep, okay, well... I know what to do. And she then goes to find her, her daughters. Mm-hmm. She finds uh, Bridget first. Yeah, yeah, she finds Bridget. And they go to find Ginger. Who, who escaped the bathroom that she was locked in. Yep. She was transforming and going crazy. And Bridget locks her in a bathroom. And <laughs> she gets out. And, uh... Yeah. <sighs> but the, the thing that I find really interesting about the mom... Mm-hmm is uh, so far we've seen the mother be uh, very Norman Rockwell-y. Mm-hmm. She bakes, she cooks, she does everything. The dad's kind of like... There. Yeah, he doesn't have really lines. He doesn't really speak. He's... I think maybe he grunts at one point during the dinner scene where the mom is talking about the girls getting their period, but that's really it. Um, but <laughs> the mom brings up, when she finds this out, she's like, we're going to leave. We'll go home. We'll pack a bag. I'll set the gas. And we'll leave. Yeah, just let the whole house fill up. And burn. They're pretty much talking about burning down the house. Mm -hmm. With Dad inside it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's never... Because they bring up, what about Dad? Mm -hmm. And he said he wouldn't understand. So at this point, this woman is willing to burn down her house, kill her husband, and flee the state for her daughters. Mm -hmm. Like, damn! (laughs) (laughs) Like matriarchy psycho but on point yeah Yeah. she's definitely a raging badass and she also has like she has the same mentality of her of her daughters as like you know what we're we're all in this together but if you if you look at it isn't it very similar to how ginger and bridget treat each other in the beginning Mm -hmm. if you look at how the mom treats them at the very end of the film it's together and not at all yeah, yeah. The mother is, without a doubt, even though they've been, they badmouth her, they told her to shut up, all this stuff, because teenage girls. <laughs> Valid. Yeah. It's kind of, um, you know, she's, Ginger is trying to become the alpha of her, you know, trying to create her pack, but at the same time, there's like a, a queen mother aspect to it, where she's still in charge. She's mm-hmm. still going to take care of her babies, and she's going to be 
the alpha of that family. She's, you know, she doesn't know that her daughter has turned into a werewolf. She just knows that there's a dead body and she needs to take care of her daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it kind of like, even though you don't see a lot of similarities, in that scene you see so much of Ginger in the beginning of the film in her mom. Mm, very protective. Yeah. In that mm-hmm. very protective, very like, I don't give a shit kind of attitude. And I think it's so interesting because I feel like in the first two acts of the film, the, the mother and the daughters have nothing in common. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then suddenly you hit this third act and the mom finds out everything and it's like the smile comes off. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're like, oh no, you three are definitely related. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it, it's really cool that they added this great mom at the end of this film. Because, yeah. I mean, you look at moms in horror films, they're not the best. There aren't very many, but yeah. Well, Mrs. They're... Bates, Carrie's yeah. mom. Oh, God, Carrie's mom. Yeah, but but for being, like, in a film <laughs> where... Mommy Deer? Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> I haven't the... seen it. I just know it's bad. Fear of wire hangers after that damn film. Oh, God. Um, I have a fear of crosses after Carrie. Just no. I, I, I feel like The Exorcist should have done that to you. That too. But I yes. saw Carrie first and then The Exorcist. I have so much to learn. <laughs> uh, Exorcist, uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to yep. look at a cross for a while. I don't look at them that often. It's fine. Okay, so at this point, um, Carrie's mom... No, no, Ginger's mom, Ginger's mom. <laughs> Carrie, yeah, Carrie's mom at the very end of Ginger Snaps just shows up, locks everyone in a closet. <laughs> oh, no. It's the end of the film. Uh, while all this is going on, uh, Ginger shows up at the party. And how we discussed earlier, her hair has been getting subtly whiter and whiter and whiter, and this is a Halloween costume party. But Ginger shows up, full white hair, and like for me, like orgasm worth makeup job mm-hmm. of this kind of... I would almost describe it as, like, it looked like an arctic fox. Yeah. It also kind of reminded me of, like, the Buffy vampires, too. Like, the way her nose was, like, mm. had that kind of scrunched up, like, look. And, like, the, the highbrow. The highbrow, the eyes reminded me very much of, like, the Buffy vampires. I really liked how they pulled in the inner corners of her eyes to kind of slant them a little bit and make them more, more animalistic. Mm-hmm. And they were yellow, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, they're yellow. By the time she gets there, she's got yellow eyes. Oh. And then uh, Ginger continues to try and pretty much at this point, if Ginger has an interest in you, it gets real rapey real quick. Yeah. She, she has uh, an interest in Sam, who is the hero. But it's, I think it's all, it's not necessarily, I think it's almost an interest, but it's also like, it's weird because she's like her, you know, she thinks her sister likes Sam. Well, she thinks... Her or Sam's like trying her. to fuck her, her sister. sister. Yeah, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. It's 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 she the, goes she goes a uh, full protective mode over yeah. her sister again. Even in you know nearly a wolf, like she's almost entirely transformed at this point, but she's still very protective over her sister, and thinks that this this guy is trying to steal her virginity and trying to you know hurt her sister, and she's not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does kind of put sexual advances on him and he's not okay with it. He, <laughs> yeah. You know. He was a little okay to he start. Was, he, he gets into it but I think it's interesting that uh, a woman, a male werewolf would just attack where if you see like when Jason before like he gets the antidote he's shaking a kid he's very aggressive very kind of unhinged. Mm-hmm. 
where he uh, corners Bridget into a closet to yeah. mm-hmm. like yell. It's yeah. very uh, uncontrolled. Yeah. But Ginger's way of attacking is a wolf. It's very strategic, mm-hmm. very methodical, you know, like and very seductive. Yeah. And very it's, seductive. It's control. So mm-hmm. a woman using sex as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind but of... it, it's it's kind of using that. Uh, I feel like how you're supposed to act in high school, which is like. As a girl, you're supposed to be flirty. You're supposed to be cute, but don't go all the way. Mm-hmm. Be enough of a slut for them to like you, but not enough to be a whore. Yep. Careful not to box yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but so, what's really cool, I think, about at this point the character of Sam is he has no romance up until this moment. Yeah, there's a brief mention that Trina and he had had sex. He's a, a cherry chaser, according to Trina. And then you're expecting him to kind of be a little bit more lecherous of a character. But he and Bridget end up having this very non-sexual, non-romantic friendship where they're trying to figure out an antidote to cure Ginger. Well, it kind of starts off with, like, you know, you're weird and like werewolves. I'm weird and like werewolves. Well, I mean, there's also this bond of you hit a werewolf and I saw it happen. Yeah, and, you, you know, you saved us. Also, the werewolf turned like she also she lies to Sam. She says mm-hmm. that the werewolf turned her, not Ginger, mm-hmm. to protect Ginger. But also, at a certain point, Sam knows. Yeah, Sam finally, you know, like he, he and like I think I'm not sure when he finally realizes. It's when it. he. It's right after he meets Ginger. But he doesn't say anything about yeah. it until he's handing her the antidote and he said, this might kill her. You have to be prepared that this might be the yeah. wrong dose. You have to accept that it might kill her while you're trying to save her. Yeah. But which also, like, also goes back to Sammy, your great character. Like, he genuinely cares about, like, Bridget's... But expecting nothing in return. He's not expecting yeah. sex. He's not expecting to date her or... Yeah. He's just like, I genuinely want to help you. I genuinely care about your situation and I want to help you. Mm-hmm. Which I think is is really rare to see, even in any genre of film. Well, and especially amidst all of the other sexual context of this movie. They're not just putting him in as another, you know, sex-crazed fiend. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, for a lead man to have a relationship have no, because at this point he is kind of leading me in, he has no romantic involvement mm-hmm. at all. And especially a two, early 2000s horror film? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it's not a common thing. And then so we're seeing all these interesting themes, but then toward the end, once they've kind of captured Ginger Sam, this you know non-sexual, non-romantic partner of, of Bridget, helps helps her take Ginger and get her home, um, and they try to get her this antidote that they've been cooking up. Um, and it doesn't go as smoothly as they're hoping, and she gets loose. Uh, they're hiding in a closet at one point, and, and he's offering to go out and try to get her, and, and that doesn't really end too well for him. I mean, he goes out and finds out where she is. He does. <laughs> or rather, um, she finds him. Yeah, she kind of stalks him and tracks him down, and we get this interesting... She doesn't kill him immediately. Um, she kind of leaves him to suffer and call out for Bridget and lure her out of the closet. Yeah. And um, at this she, point, she's also fully transformed. Yeah, she's yeah. fully a werewolf. There is no more... Um, Human. At all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
It is but... one giant plastic headpiece. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was that was that pug. Yeah. It looked like a wear pug. Yeah, I will. I will say I love this film, but God, that that werewolf face, <laughs> and they go so close in on it on so many shots. They do. I was like, they've um, been in the shadows. She, but so she she doesn't kill Sam. She makes Bridget come out and find him half alive, you know, covered head to toe in his own blood, and she, <laughs> it's, it's very sexy, um, if you're into that kind of thing. Stop looking at me. Uh, well, <laughs> we know you, Ella. <laughs> but um, she kind of stares down Bridget. Ginger makes her lick up Sam's blood um, to show that she's still her sister, you're still with me. We are together in everything. The pack mentality. Yeah. And that's a, I think it's a really interesting thing that you still have that. Mm. Well, I think at one point, she she scratches Bridge. She does. So she scratches Bridge, and then there's the scene with him licking, or her licking. No, I think she licks, uh, she bites. No, she comes back, and she's already got the scratch on her. Um, she did it outside of the party. To, yeah, they to, do it when they get her home. Mm-hmm. So she's infected herself already, and she does it willingly. So at this point, would Ginger, even as a werewolf, would the blood have already started to turn to a degree? Oh, and you did—you brought up a really good point about that. That um, since their family have, it took it took Ginger a lot longer to turn. But you already see Bridget kind of getting woozy, and she gets a little, you know, weird. And, yeah, and it cuts to the scene with her hand. Yeah, it's already strapped, healed. It's already healed. And oh yeah, I brought up. Uh, I was saying I wonder just because of viruses, mm-hmm. um, if you notice, like, uh, nope, we're all only children here. That statement has no use. No, for us. she's not. Well, she a, not biologically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a half brother. But I was saying uh, in Autumn. families. No. Ian. No. Isn't Autumn biological his? No. No. Oh. Because she was. Alright, let's come back to the thing. Uh, I was saying, um, I was going to make a point with one of us here, but we're all, like, only children and have, like, step-siblings, so this has no point in this. Half-brother. Oh, oh. There's blood. I mean, I'm adopted, so maybe. Oh, no. (laughs) There's another one of me out there. Oh, no. (laughs) Terrifying. (laughs) The idea that uh, viruses go through a family, like if you have siblings, mm-hmm. you know, it's how siblings will all get sick very, very quickly. Because the virus has already kind of uh, mutated to somebody's bloodstream. So if a virus has already been growing, because we're entry, we're lycanthropy as a virus. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it like lycanthropy? Lycanthropy. Yeah. Lycanthropy, lycanthropy. I love words. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, word dirty. Word nerd. That's really hard to say. I'm sorry. Let's get back to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Word nerd. Now she's just repeating herself. Word nerd. Gosh damn it. Um, but would the virus mutate quicker? And would you consider... I mean, it's a bite. It's an infection. It wouldn't have as much changing to do. And it's already found a compatible blood it's source. It's female. It's biologically related. I mean... It, I don't want to get too in-depth about that, but maybe also assuming they have the same blood type. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But. Um, so, yeah, like, 
like I said, she is looking at, back to the licking of blood scene. She's oh, like, yeah. That's where we were. <laughs> she She's trying to get um, Bridget to lick Sam's blood. And it's a sense of, you know, you're f- tasting blood for the first time as a werewolf. Like, as turning as a werewolf, so it's going to turn her faster. She's also, it's, you know, the pack or die. Mm-hmm. Like, either you make him your mate, or I kill him. Yeah, because when she spits up the blood... She says, I can't do it. She snaps Sam's neck. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's just like, okay, you couldn't do it, fine, I kill him. But it's such an interesting way to kill him. She wasn't trying to eat him at all. That's no. very, very obvious in that moment that she kills him just by very quickly. Yeah, I didn't want him. No. I, I wanted only... him for you. Yeah. I thought you wanted him. Mm-hmm. And then Bridget, you know, has this, like, I no, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And at the very end, uh, since Ginger is fully werewolfed out... <laughs> Uh, since Ginger's fully werewolfed out, she's chasing after her sister because she's she has, at this point, probably no sense of Ginger inside of her anymore. It's just werewolf. Are you saying that Ginger has snapped? Yes. Oh my god. Ginger has snapped. <laughs> Snaps for Ginger. I hate you too. <laughs> so much right now. Um, so you're she, saying you think... And I'm curious to get your opinion about this, too. So you think by the time that we are getting into that very, very last moment, when Ginger's chasing down Bridget, you think there's no more Ginger. Like, this is like, I'm going to kill you. Like, you think she is done. Yeah, because she, I think, I mean, if there is a sense of Ginger in there, she's looking at her sister like, you broke our pact. Mm. What about you, Mina? I agree, I think. If she's, if there's any sense of her left, she is much more animalistic now and just sees a threat because she's not with her pack anymore. She's been separated from her pack and that person has betrayed her. But honestly, I kind of hope that there's no ginger left in her. Um. (laughs) For me, I kind of took it as um, almost if you won't do it on your own, I'm going to make you. Oh, okay. uh, like I'm gonna tear you down. I'm gonna scratch you, and I'm gonna bite you, and I'm going to make you come. So you don't think that she's trying to kill her? You think she's just trying to turn her? Yeah. At this point, it's mm. like kind of giving you the option of like, okay, you can come with me. I'll take it. I'll take it slowly. Right. The whole that whole scene with Sam. But I think at that point, she's like, I'm gonna turn you, and it's gonna be. It, it's that. Uh, Almost animalistic thing where you'll see, like, dogs will snap or growl to defend. Mm-hmm. Or, like, when they'll pull you or stuff like that. I think it's more like that. It's more like, no, you need to be a werewolf. You need to be with me. It's okay. I'm going to find you and I'm going to rip you to shreds. But you'll get better. And we'll be fine. And we'll be together. And we'll and be we'll, together. It's that very singular, I'm going to make you. Mm-hmm. You won't do it? Fine. I'll make you. Out by 16. Yeah. We're dead on the scene. But together forever. forever. And then we get to the last moment where oh. Ging- you know, Ginger ha- Ginger just basically leaps at Bridget and Bridget stabs her. Right in the... Right, you know, like, right, right through the heart pretty yeah, much. Pretty much right, right through the heart. Ribs. Oh. And you have that moment where you, like, that's where you see, like, you look at this 
heaving pile of ginger werewolf. And it's not immediately obvious because you're getting a face of yeah. werewolf right up in Bridget's face, and you don't see the shot of her stabbing her sister right. until they kind of pan out. Yeah, and then it, well, no, I think this is the werewolf, like, fall down at that point and oh, that's yeah, when you right. realize yeah and then and like, like Bridget like crawls onto her yeah. and is like sobbing it, you, yeah. and you see the wound where she stabbed her mm-hmm. and the very end scene is Bridget crawling over to her, her sister who is now a heap of heaving werewolf mm-hmm. dead heaving werewolf dying just sobbing uncontrollably yeah and when I watched that scene I almost like it almost brought a tear to my eye like you wouldn't think, I mean, you'd think like, oh, okay, it's a horror movie. The last scene, you're like, yay, the horror, not the horror movie's over, but like, the killer has been defeated and blah, 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 the horror movie is over, climactic, yay. With the sisterly bond that they had, I was, it almost brought a tear to my eye because it was just like, it's I, over. You kind of don't over. want her to have died. Yeah. Like, you like, don't necessarily want her to turn Bridget, but you don't want her to die. To die. <laughs> Because you, f- you kind of feel for Bridget in that sense of, I, you, fuck, you, I had to kill my sister. You lost, like, the one person you care about. Well, you're there, and you're also rooting for a cure this whole time, because mm-hmm. they've got that, that cure that she's trying to get to inject yeah, asshole her. Jason got to fucking live. <laughs> yeah, Dick. They, yeah, she tested it on Jason, and he got better and just walked away like he didn't remember what was happening. Mm-hmm. But you have that vial that she's got in her hand with the other hand being the knife, and you don't know which, which one, one went, it went in. in. Yeah. Um, but I think it also, for me, it, um, I think it says a lot about not being able to come back from things. Like, at a certain point, uh, Jason had done anything, really? He'd just been kind of a jerk. Yeah, at, at this point, there's, there's murder, there's maiming, there's abuse, uh, could... Ginger really ever come back for that? Mentally? I don't know. Maybe that cure could have done it. But is it almost like, in a way, the way that Bridget saved and released Ginger? I almost, I almost, like, I literally just thought of this, actually. As soon as, you know, when she's over her sister and her sister is dying, how come she, like, she still has the vial of the cure? She could have just poured it in, like, maybe, like, either stab Ginger with the cure or poured it in her mouth. I, I think Maybe at that she, point it's too late, but also... Uh, well, that would have been interesting if, like, she... You know, she's still dying, but then she turns back into Ginger. Well, also there's that very interesting point, because there's Ginger Snaps too, where Bridget is a werewolf. Uh, we, she's not a werewolf at the start of the movie. She's turning. But we see the film, she's ending with a vial. Yeah. So why doesn't... Bridget, use it. Are we missing something? Is there a... Is there a Are we missing some, like... Did we lose the vial and we don't remember that happened? I don't think so. Um, maybe maybe the cure doesn't work. We're going to have to rewatch that one. I don't yeah. know. Um, but to... Coming back to this ginger thing, so I think a big part of it is villain or victim? Mm. For ginger, Nina. Uh... I think she's starts out a victim for sure. She gets attacked. She gets, you know, the animalistic equivalent of, of ripped up and raped. Um, you know, she doesn't want her body to be changing and this control is taken away from her. And then she kind of flips it and tries to take charge of her life again. And she does it in a very 
systematic way that that makes her turn into a villain, I think. Uh, so she starts out, she's a victim, and then she tries to rise above what happened to her, but she starts doing it to other people. Mm, the um, cycle of abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would say both for me. What about you, Ash? I think I would agree with that, actually, just because, you know, in, in the beginning, she's, along with her sister, she is definitely the victim. Because there's a scene pretty much in the beginning where they're in PE class and the guys are literally sitting on the bleachers talking about the girls while they're standing right in front of them like, oh yeah, I would totally fuck Ginger and well, I mean, look at, she's just, she's just asking for it with that look and what about Bridget? Oh no, I would do it with Bridget. And like in that scene, she's definitely the victim along with like when she's getting attacked and somewhat raped by this werewolf. But as soon as she's now turning and she's kind of become into... You know, she's become a woman. Now she, that I'm a woman. <laughs> she sees her, you know, the aggressor. She sees villainy in Jason and, and stuff like that. So she's kind of like, oh, well, you were ridiculing me. So now I'm going to attack you. I'm going to make you feel what I felt. Mm-hmm. And throughout the movie, she then just kind of becomes the villain. And each of the each of the kills that she's got are definitely Vindictive against and what she thinks is you know vicious a man. That what or perceived threat? We totally forgot one of the kills. We did. We totally forgot about the guidance counselor. Oh, the guidance counselor and the janitor. That's right. Oh my god, we forgot single what? kill though. Is, yeah, is I not believe we actually left out two kills. Two they, kills. They, they're quick. Those are like a five yeah. minute kill spree. Mm-hmm. Each one of them is a male in their lives that she feels threatened by or feels that someone she cares about is threatened by. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting point because there is a female death, too, yeah. technically, if we count Ginger at the end, but they're... They kind of get it. Yeah. They did it to themselves. In a way, like, mm-hmm. Ginger falls on the knife. She jumps on her. She's like, the knife was left out. Yeah, ginger totally jumps out. on the knife. So you think maybe there was some ginger and she wanted to kill herself? Ooh, it's a whole <laughs> different topic. I'm, I'm something else now. I'm not myself anymore. Kill me, please. I mean, no, I wouldn't go that far. But maybe. I'm just saying she ran into the knife. How many times? I, it only took one this time. Oh, right. <laughs> she didn't run into my knife ten times. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, what about you, Ella? What do you think? Um, Villain or victim? I'm going to go, she has some victim things happen to her, but I'm going to bring up an interesting point, Mm -hmm. I think. I think uh, Ginger is a villain to one person. That's Bridget. Mm. If you look at one of the very first scenes, um, Bridget, I believe, is talking about maybe going away to college or something. And uh, Ginger kind of manipulates her into being like no you said we're doing this thing this is how we do it this is how we do it i'm gonna kill sam because he wants you i'm gonna kill this person because of you it it almost feels like the entire film ginger is gaslighting bridget huh Hmm. okay if you look at the entire film bridget is terrified of ginger Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Ginger has complete control from that very first scene of Bridget. 
And she brings up their age difference at one point. She mm-hmm. says she's 16 and Bridget is 15. 15. She skipped a grade. Mm-hmm. She skipped a grade and she's always been the protective older sister, but she takes it a little... A, a little very intensely. Far. To the point where she's like, we're going to go kill ourselves. Even when Bridget's like, I don't know if I want to. She's like, you said you'd do it. Mm-hmm. Are you are you leaving me? Are you abandoning me? And Bridget's like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Fine. Whatever. So I'd say... Ginger is an absolute villain. She has some shitty things happen to her, but at the court, her one main relationship is somebody that she's well protective. And I feel like you can still love somebody and still be a toxic force in their life. Mm-hmm. And I definitely believe that Ginger gaslights, controls, and manipulates not just Bridget, but everything, every person that comes in contact with Bridget. Every situation Bridget's involved in, Ginger controls at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. So that's my Ginger Villain Expo. (laughs) But at the end of the day, um, I think we decided we're going to go through a one through five scale in scoring our films. Five being, ah, and one (laughs) being the room. (laughs) (laughs) One being, and... I kissed a vampire status, oh and yeah. you're gonna hear so many references to that film, and you're gonna go up and look it, look it up. And you're gonna hate me. But also, how well it represented women. Um, yeah, this is a this, this is a feminist podcast. Um, how how well you think women were represented? How inclusive it was? Does it pass the Bechdel test? Because um, yeah. <laughs> but we love you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's start off with Ash Vicious. Give us your definitive scoring. I think I'm going to go with a four. Um, I'm not giving it a five just because from some of the like horror effects aspects, oh. mainly the werewolf ginger, um, was a little kind of hard to watch. Um... But also, you know, I'm giving it kind of like a four, four and a half um, for like Bechtel test reasons. Because I think it did actually, you know, portray women in a very badass role. Like none of the women you really ever felt were treated misogynistically. I mean, if they were, they then came back and was like, nope, that's not happening. Mm Mm-hmm. It's definitely a strong woman. What about you, uh, Mina? It's one of your favorites. It is one of my favorites. Um, I have to go with, yeah, maybe even a, a 3.5 to a 4. <gasps> I know. <laughs> Being your favorite um, movie, I would have thought it would be a 5. Y- yes, but <laughs> um, as much as I enjoy, as you were talking about, kind of cheesier, you know, slightly lower budget uh, horror, I, I can't get past the werepug. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, um, it's really bad. I do love all of the relationships in it. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Bec- Bechdel test. Oh yeah, I guess we should probably explain that slightly. Yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Bechdel test, um, there has to be in a movie two named characters so they have, you know, for example, Ginger and Bridget. They're both main characters. They don't have to be main characters, but they have to have a name. Um, and they have a conversation that does not 
revolve around a man. Um, and I feel like a lot of their conversations do not revolve around a man. The very first conversation about um, blood, offing themselves and living in this suburban hellhole, you know, it's not about, oh, this guy at school. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm leaning toward the four for that one because I'm really happy that this movie is, is not really centered around males at all, which yeah. is no, so nice, is so breath of fresh air. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a three point five to a four, probably leaning toward the four. You guys are so goddamn indecisive. <laughs> well, okay. So what's what's your rating, Ella? Uh, three point two five. Three point two five. Interesting. Yes. Why? Um, I feel like it it passes the Bechdel test. It has very unique characters. Um, where pug. Death, death, death to whoever did that in plastic. May you burn in the fiery hells. That's rude. <laughs> I have no shame. Pug. So uh, rude. <laughs> the, the reason when you were 3.5 is the characters for the time and the place were very interesting. There wasn't a lot of depth. Mm. If you look at Bridget, she's shy, she's scared. Ginger is controlling, a little bitchy, then hypersexual. Sam is nice. Um, they're kind of archetypal. They're very archetypal, and I don't really see a lot of growth in this film. Hmm. You get the most growth, really, out of Bridget. Yeah. Um, the The transformation of Ginger, I put less as a character growth and more of a transformation. And, I mean, heck, it was really done in Jennifer's body to kind of a crazier extreme. That was kind of more enjoyable, and it was Megan Fox, but also it was Megan Fox, so I might have just enjoyed looking at Megan Fox. That's the adorable one saying heck now. Oh, hell, I said heck? <laughs> Fuck. There we go. Now, now she's back. Did we forget to do the language disclaimer? I feel like we did, but oh well. You've learned now. <laughs> um... But that has been our episode on Ginger Snaps. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, you can catch us next week on Tuesday for our next episode, which will be your next. Which, Ella, I believe you are very excited about this one. I am super, super, super excited about this film. Uh, it was recommended to me by my friend texting me, Oh shit, you start in a horror film. <laughs> and I was like, okay... Look like me? No. Um, it is a film about a young woman and her boyfriend who go away to his family's home for a dinner and are attacked by a group of masked assailants. And instead of falling down and crying, the main character decides to take some nails, some glass, and everything else she can find at her disposal and fight back. It's amazing. Um, if you'd like to watch it this week, then you can find out our opinions on it next week. If not, we'll give you a synopsis and you can enjoy listening to our opinions. <laughs> yeah. And if you have any questions that you want to ask us about the film after you watch it, if you'd like us to answer those questions, if you have any comments you'd like us to adjust, address. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll adjust our comments. <laughs> we won't do that. Um if you have any comments that you'd like us to address or if you have a plot point that you were very confused about and want us to talk about and clarify, um, feel free to leave any of those on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. You can email them as well to sirensofhorror at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing what everybody has to say. Or 
always interested to see what our lovely night dwellers think. Yes, our lovely night dwellers. Come hither. Our darlings. Well, it has been a lovely episode. We will catch you next week.